everyone. It's good to be back. Today's interview is one you're really going to love. I'm interviewing Julie Humphreys. And I met Julie last April in Italy. She was a guest on the writing retreat. One of the best aspects of my work as a retreat guide is that I get to meet so many like-hearted people. And over the course of my now eight years running Italy retreats, there are a small handful of people who I meet that really just feel like coming home. Like I'm sure we've been together in many other lifetimes. And Julie is one of those people for me. And she probably is for many others too, because she's just got that certain sort of je ne sais quoi, as the French say, that certain magical something about her. So it was truly inspiring to have this conversation with her a couple of weeks ago. I just remembered so many important things about life by talking with Julie. She offers insight, guidance, and healing in the spiritual wellness realm. And she's really here to help you discover your authentic self and walk your unique truth in everyday life. She draws from her rich toolbox of healing modalities to leave you feeling clear, connected, and loved. She offers shamanic healing sessions and journeys, intuitive healing and guidance, spiritual development, mentoring, tarot, and oracle card readings. She's a shamanic healing practitioner, a psychic medium, an IET practitioner, a certified herbalist, a Reiki master, tarot and oracle card professional, teacher, writer, and more. I would add she's a fabulous human as well. Her favorite medicine, however, is humor, which I can fully attest to because I think it's Julie's humor that really was most memorable about our time spent together in April in Italy. And I'm, I know that many others share this sentiment. So without further ado, meet Julie. Hello, Julie. How are you today? Hello, Jane Reeves. I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you. <laughs> I really have to say that I could not wait for this particular interview. Uh, so for our listeners, I want to just do a little background. Julie came to Italy in April and she was on the writing retreat. And it's not often that I meet someone on retreat that's just like, I look across the room and I go, you. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You. Whoosh. And it was like the energy. And so Julie and I became fast friends in six days on the retreat. And we're picking the ball up now. And we're picking the ball up later when she comes back to Italy again. Mm -hmm. And Julie, I felt like in in the time that we were in Italy and the time I got to know you your energy and your presence was such a welcome gift for all of oh, us thank you that's You're very welcome. kind you have such a unique blend of wisdom and presence combined with sort of this devilish fun side as well which I think is really <laughs> excellent because you're really helping people bring out that joyful nature that we all have mm, yeah which is really hard to find 
really hard to find. It, 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 can, it can be really hard to find. It's not impossible to find. Yes. But I, I always, I always feel like, I think this is just part of my character, part of my makeup. Like I've always been someone to tell a joke, usually an inappropriate joke. <laughs> That would get everybody laughing. You know, and the more you laugh, the more inappropriate jokes I'm going to tell. <laughs> we need inappropriate jokes, though. That's the thing that I think about. And I think about this a lot in Italy because there's something. So Italy's so interesting. It's, it's contradictory because there's this ancient kind of heaviness about it, too. But it's also got this light joy to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really imbued in the people, the culture, the food, the art and everything. And I think that when you can come to Italy and access that, mm. it's a, it's very healing. Oh, hundred percent. It's very fortifying too. Yes. You know, I feel like I was very, ironically, I felt like I was being built up. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In such a way that you're there, you're in that space and to not feel the heartbeat of that, of the whole, of the land, right? Yeah. Feeling the heartbeat. It's like, I can feel it in my fingertips right now. Mm -hmm. And really how that activates, for me anyway, activates love. And I feel like with everybody who was working there and everybody we interacted yeah. with there, um, you know, who worked there, um, they all, it's like the, the Italian people, they love their food so much that it comes through as joy and it comes through as laughter you know, and everybody gets around a table and shares a meal. And you know that every single thing that you put in your mouth has been made with love and care and tradition and respect, yeah. you know? So it's like from that, like, and that's just an invitation for smiles and laughing and jokes and, you know, tell me something funny or, Hey, you look really beautiful today. That's a, that's a gorgeous color on you. And you know, just, just anything. It just, the, the vibe just got so high from all of the, the people who made that, um, who made that space yes, filled with such love, like a foundation for sure. Yes. It, it reminds me of in Buddhism, they have the discussion about inner connectivity. And I love that teaching about how you know, the person that plants the seed, the gardener that tends the vegetable, the cook that comes and picks it, the people in the kitchen that cook it, the Alfredos who come and serve it. You know what I'm saying? So like Alfredo, so everyone, Alfredo is this absolutely delightful, colorful man who <laughs> works in the restaurant and just is completely imbued with love and joy when he comes out and brings your food and, and takes it very to heart. Mm -hmm. And I, and so that is that, that's such a healing thing. And that is something that I almost have to kind of go around and tap people on the side of the head and go, Hey, try to get into what's actually happening here right now, because you're going to need to place your intention and consciousness on this food situation here. This is not like anywhere else you've ever been, or maybe you haven't, in which case you're super lucky, but most people don't approach food the way they do mm. in Italy, let alone in agriturismo, particularly Fattoria de Cole. Mm. They have a very specific way of approaching food. And I think that if the magic of that food, if that can be defined as such, 
that is what leads to the most growth is that you're coming in several times a day to eat this beautifully prepared food that's it's soul food oh yeah that just boom that just hit me soul food that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is and I love that and I love how you talk about you know really being conscious of what's going on like the way that they talk about the wine and all of the regions and you know how how to enjoy it and I'll never forget like with the stem like I don't use my stemless wine glass anymore I have the stem and I shake it like a friend not a milkshake (laughs) that's what Alfredo said now this is a friend not a milkshake a friend (laughs) okay I I mean there's the laughter That laughter is something that I, whenever I leave Italy, I'm sort of like, oh, that's the thing. I just remember those moments around the table. Yes, Mm. we're learning a lot. Yes, we're going out to the little town and shopping and that's amazing too. But it's those ordinary moments where everybody kind of comes around the table and gathers Mm -hmm. um, that I find to be most precious. So I could go on about this forever and ever and ever, Mm -hmm. but I want to kind of segue here now And I want to talk about your work that you do. Mm. And maybe you can just start by kind of giving us a little background on how you got started in your work and how you would sort of capsule, sort of define your work, if that's even possible. That's a really hard thing to define. Mm. However, there are enough energy healing modalities out there where I think I've kind of come up with a good capsule for that. So I think that generally speaking, I could be referred to as an energy healer, okay? And I do this by way of psychic mediumship, shamanic healing, IET, which is called um, integrated energy therapy. Um, I'm a Reiki master. I'm, I'm a Qigong practitioner. I'm a tarot professional. So there are, there are all of these things in my my energy healing, my soul healing toolbox. Cause when it comes down to it, it's about what the soul is bringing forward that needs to be healed, addressed, validated, brought out, simply acknowledged, um, any of that. So, so there's, there are a few, so, so that's the combination in, in the, in my toolbox, right? So, and how, what that looks like is um, what happens when somebody comes to me for say an intuitive guidance and healing session, those are my 90 minutes. It's when someone comes to me, I'm in front of them, my my spirit guides, their spirit guides, and my ancestors, the, you know, my guides, my spirits, protectors, guides, calling the four directions, ancestors, everybody who has walked before me, help me be the hollow bone of healing um, for the person in front of me. And then everything comes in and that can look like um, pure mediumship, which would be, I have your grandfather here and he's telling me that, you know, you feel guilty about X, Y, or Z before he passed. And he's here to tell you, do not feel guilty. Guilt is a useless emotion, (laughs) you know, something like that. Or, or, it can also be very psychic in nature. I'm, I'm very, I'm very buzzy psychic all the time anyway. 
Um, Let me so, ask you about that real quick. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I love all this and I, I hate to even interrupt, but I want to just say, how old were you when you knew that that was a thing that you were experiencing in life? When I saw that it, it upset other people. Yeah. It made okay. other people uncomfortable. But that was me as like a little kid. Like I grew up on a golf course surrounded by a tree nursery and a cemetery. <laughs> right. So, so I spent a lot of time alone as a kid, um, just because I loved being, I loved climbing trees and being in the cemetery, you know, the solitude, the quiet, but the quiet, but like the, 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 the buzz it made me feel of being safe. And it was just, it was just a really nice feeling as a kid. So, so that's where I would spend my time. And there was a point where I would see a man sitting on one of the benches in the cemetery and, um, I remember he always had on like a, like a jacket and he, you know how you can see the moon in the daytime. Yeah. He was always there when you can see the moon in the daytime. And I would sit next to him and I was, now I'm pretty tall. I've always been pretty tall, but I remember being a kid and swinging my legs on the bench and listening to this man tell me stories about the different um, crater shapes on the moon and what they all meant. And um, so, and I would do this periodically and for some reason, I, I told my mom about it. And so that set off, you know, mom triggers right there. So, and I, and I saw, I mean, of course my, I mean, she, it's not like she berated me or anything like that at all. It was just, she was worried about her daughter, you know, and strangers in the cemetery that her daughter's posing up next to and telling stories to. I mean, I get it, right? I get Understandably it <laughs> so, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so so then it just became something that I just kept to myself. And, you know, as you get older and you grow older, you know, tween, teen, you know, I live my life. I had my career, you know, but I, I, I was always the person who was known for having a really good judge of character. <laughs> you know, okay. oh, Julie, she really, she has a really good instinct. She's got a really good gut instinct, which I, which I, I, I don't have a problem with that, but I associate gut instinct with like cavemen, primal, how yeah. we started things where intuition, I feel like is our, is our soul speak, which tells us the energy in front of me is inviting or the energy in front of me is not inviting, or I feel like I need to take a right instead of a left, you know, this kind of thing. It was that, and that was, that was what I became known for that and telling jokes and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so then when did you sort of take this to the, the next level and say, mm. this is more than just me having good instinct and I'm going to professionalize yeah. this work? So that happens. Well, the dial really turned up with my psychic visions and medium stuff. Um, when I was, after I had my, my daughter, I had wicked postpartum and life was shifting in, on many different fronts. And a year and a half later, I found myself living in this, you know, across the map, <laughs> away from anything I've ever known, up in the corner of the map and um, started doing Qigong and everything started breaking open where I was seeing friends who have passed walking in my apartment. And me not having a good response at all because I was I was frightened and I was scared and um, seeing someone that I didn't want to see sitting in my truck in my driveway um, and the whole right I'm, it's funny I'm getting um, my my 
my sign from spirit now. It's like with us as we're doing this, of course, but um, talking about how when my son was born, um, he was, you know, in the room with the baby monitor and, you know, I, I heard something. So I would go in thinking it was my husband in there. I was just like, why is my husband in there? He should be, he should be downstairs working. He should be in the basement working <laughs> like he does. And it's funny. I just heard a window down there, but anyway, and so, yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, you know, those things were happening and I felt like I wasn't in control. And it's just like, wait a minute, this is, this is my life. And these are my children and they're little and it is my duty to protect them and to, you know, make sure they're okay. So I reached out to anybody I had known in the past who had a uh, psychic witchy kind of bent to them, which turns out was like a lot of people. And I didn't even really <laughs> come to that realization until I'm just like, Hey, can you help me? Like one person, a shaman friend of mine that I knew 25 years before. I'm just like, something's going on. So then I started seeking out people in the community where I was living who were psychics and mediums and tarot professionals because I've always had a tarot deck with me, right? So just so I was just kind of feeling my way through the dark. I kept feeling my way through the dark and I met some a couple of really powerful, lovely, uh, nurturing women who helped me tremendously um, to, 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 to harness it, mm -hmm. right? To harness all of this. Why, why is this happening? That was my constant thread. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And, you know, I got so sick of hearing myself say that. It's like, okay, it's happening, Humphreys. Figure it out. <laughs> Mm -hmm. put some parameters around it so you can do something useful with it. And, um, and then that was, that was kind of the beginning of the journey. I never thought that I would be doing this like as my livelihood. Oh God, no girl. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. That, I, that is absolutely <laughs> fascinating to me that you No, I love, I, I love the story because it's the, the biography aspect of what you do is so meaningful in that <clears throat> you weren't sort of like, Hey, I think maybe I'd like to, you know, mm -hmm. it was more like, no, no, no. These things all came into your being and came mm -hmm. up and out and said, yes, you will. Exactly. Exactly. Because when I was like in my twenties, you know, in twenties and thirties, I, whenever I had a problem, whether it was like a, a chronic problem or a mental problem or whatever, I just felt like my energy was all mucked up. You know, I would always seek out energy healers, mediums, psychics, um, shamans, you name it. That's where I was always naturally drawn to and that naturally led. So when I got to that point, my, my, I don't want to call it a breaking point. Oh, well, no, but that's exactly what it is. So when I got to my breaking point of, you know, WTF, I need to make sense of this. Then that was, well, uh, yeah. So that, that was the point where it's like, okay, I have this has been set up for me for so many years. I had a medium tell me when I was like 20 something, early twenties, like, oh, you're a born medium. I'm like, oh, you're very funny. <laughs> oh my God, I'm not doing what you do. This, so this is, this is yeah. classic though. If, it, yeah. if it's very real and certain, this is in my experience of interviewing people and just being in life in the world, this, this is indeed how it truly happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious. So in terms of your shamanic healing like how how mm -hmm. did that 
Right. So, and, and if, if a person, if one of our listeners were to contact you for a shamanic healing, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of difficult to talk about this quickly or anything like that, but how would you go about this? How would I go about just, dis- well, uh, describing a shamanic healing? Yes. Um, so, so shamans of old believed that, you know, if the energy, if you don't feel quite right, then your energy isn't quite right. And it needs to be made light, right? Not right, need light. Okay. So there needs to be a shift, right? So the shamans of old were like the community, um, psychologists, psychiatrists, medical doctors. I mean, I am not a medical doctor. I am not trained to be a medical doctor. I'm not a psychotherapist or any of that. I am just me. Um, And so, but a shamanic healing can really help um, realign your energies in such a way that it has a really deep, profound, long lasting, like forever kind of healing. Now, when you have a shamanic healing, and I know this because I've experienced shamanic many shamanic healings myself. It's the, the the benefit of it is is you don't see it right away. You feel it long term when you notice. Oh, hey, I'm not so angry anymore. Or oh, hey, I don't I don't feel so down on myself anymore. Or hey, simply I don't feel like I'm bumping into walls all the time anymore. You know, it's like sometimes your energy can get so messed up that you're clumsy right so 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 to describe a shamanic healing is really someone will come in lay down on the table go to their happy place and i open myself up to my spirit guides and they do the work with with they show me what to do see that shamanic work is very different in that um when i go to do a a shamanic healing i sit with the with the with the clients and i journey to my guides and I ask them, you know, if I'm the person to do it, what do they need? And they show me what I need to do and I do it. So that can do be with you my do soul retrievals. That's part of it. Yep. Okay. Soul retrievals are part of it. Soul retrievals, ancestral healings, d- even just discovering who your spirit guides and power animals are can be very healing because like, so when you know what your power animal is, you can you know, go out into the world and, and be like, okay, I know this situation coming up is going to make me anxious or I'm starting to feel a little quickening or something. So, you know, that crazy shaman lady that I met said that, you know, my, my, I, I have like a llama as my power animal. So I'm calling in llama to help me and to move forward and just spit in anybody's face who tries to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Not literally, of course. So great. So now this power, this is, this is fascinating to me because I've kind of known what my power animals are at certain times in life. They can change, right? Oh, sure. For sure. Some power. Yeah. You can have spirit animals, which, which typically um, are are with you for your life. And then power animals come in when you need them for certain situations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have, I'm pretty sure that my power animal right now is a tiger. Uh. <laughs> like I, I just, for one thing, I see tigers everywhere. Like mm-hmm. tigers always appear no matter where I go. There's a tiger. Yeah. And, and, and so then what you, what I would wonder is, are the, are the experiences that you're having in your life at this moment, do they warrant tiger-like behavior? Yes. Do they warrant strong boundaries? Do they warrant a loud voice? Do they warrant protection? Do they warrant, um, you know, that feeling of, yeah. This is my pride. Yeah. And back off. That is right on. 
Because I seem to be going through this. There's things falling away right now is how I would define Mm. it. Mm -hmm. Like the old ways are falling away. Something new is coming in. There's some feelings of this doesn't really feel good anymore. So I'm going to have to switch over here now. And it seems like this tiger is kind of journeying with me. Yeah. You're ascending. Yes. You're ascending big time. Yep. Just felt that. That went right through me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm going to have to schedule a reading. Yeah. (laughs) I want to talk about this daily spirit connection because I think a lot of times, you know, people just kind of wait until a crisis or they're sad or, you know, somebody dies and they're at a funeral and they're like, oh my gosh, now it's time for me to make a spirit connection. But what about like, how can we Mm -hmm. foster being in touch with spirit in the midst of just the most ordinary aspect of our daily life? I love talking to people about this because it's so simple and because the world is, can be, is so overwhelming that when we simply find one thing to be grateful for that is a, an amazing catalyst to get things moving towards living every day with spirit next to you with you around you through you um that that's what starts the momentum okay and it doesn't and i think that some people are just like well, you know, I don't want to have to go to church every day, or I don't want to have to meditate for four hours of every day, you know, and that's how you, that's how you build a spiritual practice. It's like, no, nah, it's a bunch of malarkey, right? Like none of that's true. None of, totally. not, not true. So for instance, I would, I tell some of my folks, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you know, <sighs> now I'm someone who wakes up. I'm not awake. I need coffee. I need, I don't jump out of bed singing praises like, woohoo. Who are we going to help today? Not me at <laughs> is that, all. Right? Is that how we identify not a morning person? <laughs> <laughs> but I am able to wake up and be like, thank you for another day on this planet. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for another day on this planet. Look over. Thank you for another day with my husband. Beautiful. Thank you for another day in my beautiful house. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can think about the 15,000 things that are wrong with your house. Or you can think about the hundred things that your landlord doesn't do that's right or whatever you, you that, you know, but it's a choice. So you have to start somewhere and it's a choice. Like I want to start this. I'm going to see where it goes. So you can do it that way, you know? And, and so, so bringing spirit in is just really taking that time to connect with your heart and taking a deep breath. Mm, like, yes, I'm grateful to be here. And that really is, I think, the practice that is the key that opens the door to the rest of it. And then it just becomes a natural flow and authentic process thereafter. I think technology has really blocked off our ability to like connect like that, because I think sometimes I wonder, are people just in like this negative trance all the time Mm. because of all this digital info that's just bursting at the seams? Like you wake up in the morning and turn your computer on or check your phone or something instead of doing what you advised, which is just to look into your life and go, here is one simple thing that I'm incredibly grateful for right now. And really be intentional about it. For sure. And I think everything is intention, right? So all of my spiritual teachers, and I've had a lot and I've done a lot of this stuff. It's like all of them have talked about intention is the foundation 
of what's going to, you know, get you onto the path that you are meant to be on, living the life that you are meant to be living, whether you're a Fortune 500 person or a gardener who just loves to garden. Do you know what I mean? So it's, yes. it's really, I just feel like it's a really important, easy thing, but, but it's easy, it's easy to do once you're in it, but like to, to realize it, to kind of like come out of the funk and be like conscious of your surroundings. It's a really great lesson for anyone because it's obviously accessible to everyone. Yes. And so I think about too, how do you think about like the difference between connecting with spirit and just connecting to and with magic? Well, I think that, well, let me, let me give you this visual and tell me what you think. So I visualize a big, not like a cloud, but like this energetic, beautiful space. Okay. And you know, up, up in the orbits. And then from that, and that's, that's source, right? We'll call that source. And then from that, like droplets of beautiful light, divine light, and all of that kind of dropping into every, the top of everybody's head. Right. And that stays in there. That doesn't go away. Right. So when we um, work with spirit, or even when we you know, when we find our quote unquote, our magic, you know, our purpose for living and, you know, the reason for stepping forward every day, when that happens, I, I feel like it all melds, you know, I feel like it all becomes one thing, you know, connecting to spirit, um, whether it looks like, you know, a big guy in the sky or a ball of lights or whatever, I mean, whatever it looks like, you know, it has to make sense to you. And it has to feel, it has to feel authentic to you. And it's not a judgy thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a condemning thing. It's not uh, well, you aren't this thing. So, you know, I'm spirit and I don't approve of you. It's like, it's nothing like that at all. It's pure love. And it comes from inside and it comes from our heart, that spark of the divine. It just strike me. It's so healing. And just speaking with you today is, is making me think about how there's so much sort of harsh judgment going on now. Everything is so polarized and the pandemic has really birthed this judging culture. So I think about that in terms of these work modalities that you do and, and how do you, like, how can we step out of that and more into that? Like what you're talking about with that pure love and that healing, like and I don't mean, you know, because people go, oh, just light and love. No, I'm not talking about no, no, passing no, no. reality. It's, but it, why do we deny this truth too? Like we intellectualize everything. Well, because that's comfortable. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and the world has been anything but comfortable mm-hmm. past couple of years with the pandemic, you know, and I kind of feel like with every, not I kind of feel like, I feel like mm-hmm. my guys always like smack me on the top of my head when I say that. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of like the, like when people go, well, sort of like, yeah, <laughs> sort of like, or is it <laughs> right? But you know, that's part of speaking intentionally too. Right? I want to speak intentionally that, you know, COVID has burst this culture that you were talking about. And I also think that it has exasperated an already existing condition. Nowhere it's just like now people throw out their hands. I can't do this anymore. Nope. I'm just going to be everything that's reactionary and nothing that's responding with love and compassion. When everybody's prickles are up, 
you know, it's the it's it's difficult to see that as something to get past you. But here's what I think the trick is. I think the trick is that when we focus on ourselves, just ourselves, not if my neighbor is vaccinated or not, not if the dude in the store who's coughing has COVID or river blindness or whatever the heck it might be, right? So it's like- Monkeypox. <laughs> monkeypox, right, monkeypox. You know, it's like when I'm focusing on myself and how I can breathe into my heart, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today to raise my own vibration. And that will inevitably 100% have a ripple effect. Even if it's small, it doesn't matter. It has a ripple effect. So if everybody does that and just, okay, well, and if that means today, I feel like I need to stay in the house because I'm not feeling comfortable about whatever's happening out there in the big world, then that's okay. But I'm going to sit here and I'm going to breathe in love, right? And breathe in love, out love, just love and be, be cognizant, be conscious of where my thoughts are going. Julie, you're such a, you're, you're such a, it's beautiful what you're teaching, but it's also really useful. Mm, and I so. I'm, I just want to tell our listeners that Julie is coming to Italy. I will put the dates in the show notes. Can't wait. Because uh, we're going to rock Vittoria Del Cole big time. Oh, yeah. And everyone can stand back. Stand back. It's happening. Julie, I think either we have to just have like, have a separate podcast where we just get on and talk all the time yeah. <laughs> or I'm going to have to interview you again soon because I think we could just keep talking for like hours on end uh, for sure hundred percent and I could talk about this stuff all day I think it, I think it's important I think it's are important you, are you going to write a book or, or anything I, you're such a beautiful writer your blog is woof. oh thank you I oh appreciate that writing has always been a way for me to express my heart and to and a lot of it is channels as well um, but yeah, so that's all my writing right now is on my blog. Um, yes, I have a book in mind. Um, good. and so I just need to follow the breadcrumbs for that. So. Good, good, good. Because I'll, I'll put all this in the show notes so everyone can follow you. And maybe Great. if y'all want to come to Italy, come to Italy, Chabela. Talk about that too. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much, my dear. Thank you. So lovely to see you. I love seeing you and I appreciate you. Much love. Very much. Thank you, dear. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you being here. So it looks like summer is starting to wind down and everyone's kind of thinking ahead to fall a little bit and what that means. I'm not sure what that means for you, but I'm kind of ready for a new season. My summer's been a little bit too intense. Lots of personal growth, inward reflection, and I lost my little beloved Kitty Henry to cancer. So I guess I'm just feeling really ever more aware of the preciousness of all life as it begins and ends, cycle of life. Always reminding me to stay in the moment as much as I can. 
I guess that's just a lifelong practice that I really love. And practicing Buddhism always keeps me right there. I'll be heading back to Italy in about two months to host two long-awaited retreats. The first is a memoir retreat with Alison Wearing, and the second is a tarot retreat with Carrie Paris. So I'm really stoked for these. Both of these teachers are highly esteemed and respected in their field, and it's just a huge honor to finally be with them in real time as they share their expertise and craft with our guests. We still have just a few spots left in each of those. And if that sparks your interest and you're an intrepid traveler during these times, you can visit thejanereeves.com retreats and find out more details. Feel welcome to write to us anytime at info at thejanereeves.com. We love to hear what's happening with you. You can also get on our mailing list at janereeves.com and receive Italy retreat updates and announcement and other news we have to share about how to make your life more centered within and loving. As always, take good care. Bye for now. Ciao.